New product announcement. Six new sector index features launched on August 8th. CME Group launched six new e-mini sector index features to provide new opportunities and greater versatility in managing sector exposure. E-mini S&P regional banks, insurance, biotechnology, oil and gas exploration and product, retail, Felix Semiconductor. To discuss all of these new products today, my guest is Global Head of Equity and Effects Products at CME Group, Tim McCourt. Today's podcast is brought to you by CME Group. Whatever the obstacles, CME Group provides the tools that global market participants need to manage risk and capture opportunities. With 24-hour access to futures, options, cash, and OTC products across all major asset classes, you can drive your trading strategy forward with confidence and precision. CME Group, where risk meets opportunity. Tim, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Anthony. Always good to be here. Always good to speak with you. And, you know, we always talk about these new product launches, you and I together. And never do I remember six products coming out all at once. And I just talked about it in my intro. CME Group launched six new E-mini sector index futures. And I went over all of them. Why did CME decide to do this? Yeah, I mean, certainly exciting to be adding six new contracts to our sector portfolio here at CME Group. And the reason why we launched it is something that we've been talking about probably the last two or three years, Anthony, and that is index choice matters. So while we have a lot of the global major equity index benchmarks at CME, over the past few years with these type of markets, the indices and sectors behaving differently, clients are coming to us wanting more and more precision in their risk management and portfolio, or even some of the individual traders want to just express a more precise view on certain sectors. Uh, so because of that, a lot of our products come from customer demand. This is no exception, but given the similarity of how the sectors trade, and even with our existing S&P select sectors, the Dow Jones US real estate, the NASDAQ biotech, and just adding them all at once to the sector family or product at CME Group is the best way to roll them out and just give the market more choice as they either want to access the market, deploy those intraday trading strategies, or manage other risks, whether it's against ETFs or stock baskets. It's something that I think is going to be a really useful tool for the marketplace. You know, I agree with you that your index choice matters. We've talked about this a lot between the Russell Dow, NASDAQ, and S&P. It obviously matters which index you're choosing to trade. And my question is, are you worried by adding all of these new indexes that it takes away from the major indexes? It's a good question. I think they're complementary in nature. Uh, I think when we look at the sector growth over the last few years, they've had a phenomenal growth story here at CME, both in terms of trading volume and open interest in the sector complex. So I think already when you look at the S&P sectors versus the parent index, it's complementary in nature. It's additive. You can actually trade some sectors versus the parent, right, in a delta neutral strategy. So I think going a, a, another level down to the more precise, the more granular sectors that we rolled out this week, I don't think it's going to actually take away anything from the parent. I think this is going to bring new participants to the market that may be trading some of the cash markets or maybe using some of the popular ETFs that are out there. But now they get all the benefits of futures, whether that's the 1256 blended capital gains treatment whether it's a more capitally efficient product product, or if you're trading the parent indices already, that's great. Now you can get margin offsets potentially between the two uh, or fine tune your exposure. So I think it is going to be additive, uh, but I think that trend of index choice will matter. 
Uh, so people just need to figure out which is the right sector for them at the right time uh, and excited to have these in market. I agree with you. I do think it will add to the overall, all the index features that we have. I know a ton of index features. That's what I trade as well. That I think a lot of them will be looking at these additionally, and I don't think it will take away from what they're doing. And you mentioned something that I think is an extremely important point. You get a lot of the people out there that are trading the ETFs for these sectors within the S&P, and now they could actually go to the future side and capitalize on um, the tech side of things. That's right. You know, just, just like their, their older siblings in the E-mini the S&P or NASDAQ, they're all broad-based index contracts, section 1256 eligible. Uh, and it's a great thing for, for managing the portfolio. Or if you're long the ETF or short the ETF, and maybe you don't want to liquidate your physical position, the ETF for tax purposes, futures are a great way to hedge as we're, as we're trying to ride out some of this market turbulence we still see here in the second half of 2022. So a great hedging vehicle as well. All the ways you use the big index futures, whether it's E-mini S&P, E-mini NASDAQ, those parent index futures, the same strategies can be deployed now in these sectors. So I think it's going to be something that people are really familiar with the benefits. And now we're just getting more precise, a few levels down further into the indices to give you the exact sector specific exposure. Yeah, you make another great point with that, especially what comes to my mind initially is the biotechs and like the semiconductors, really high flying areas that a lot of times you maybe don't want to go and hedge using the NASDAQ you want a, a more precise hedge and now you've got a futures product behind it. I think that brings in a lot of people uh, from the stock side to the future side, which is gonna really bring me to my next question is, is there gonna be a lot of liquidity, enough liquidity right away to launch when you have all of these six products? Yeah, it's, it's a good question. So like we, you know, we take product launches seriously here at the exchange. We've worked with our market makers to make sure there's ample on-screen liquidity to get these products going. And we've seen great screens, uh, you know, the first week here, here at CME. Obviously, you know, liquidity takes time to develop when you're looking just at volume, but we're very pleased with the market quality. We're seeing all the sectors. We have the, the market maker support that we typically do here at the exchange to get these contracts up and running. Uh, so a few days in and pleased with the liquidity provision. Uh, but you know, for those out there that may be on the more institutional crowd listening, also remember these are block trade eligible. Uh, so you can trade the screen, you can do EFPs against ETFs, you could do uh, block trades. So all of those things that we have out there to build liquidity in new contracts are all available on this. So that's gonna be great for those market makers, that institutional crowd to also get these contracts growing, which will all help the screen liquidity provision. The fact that they could tap into all of the other aspects, whether it's ETFs, cash baskets, the parent index, you know, all the mechanisms we have in place at the exchange will help them avail that liquidity into the specific sectors. Uh, and we're off to a good start a few sessions in. Let's quickly talk about the specs for these. Are they all the same tick value, same margin? Is it different? Talk to us about that. Yeah, you know, the, um, the tick value and the sizes are a little bit different from index to index, trying to kind of keep the contract values maybe around the same manageable for all, all the individual and professional traders out there. So they do vary. But in terms of the common characteristics, we're going to have the five quarterly contracts on that, you know, that March, June, September, December cycle. So five expirations at once will match the existing sectors that we have out there. They're available you know, same Sunday night to Friday night. Uh, they're, they're broad based index contracts at CME. So section 1256 eligible. And then when we look at it, the offsets will be there. Uh, so really great stuff. The margins are always subject to change. Uh, so I, just, I would encourage people to go to cmegroup.com for the latest margins on any of the individual contracts. Uh, but there are a few nuances in terms of multiplier and tick size across the six sectors. 
Okay, let's just go over them quickly here. We said there's six. The first one I'm going to pull up here is just the E-mini S&P Regional Banks Select Industry Futures. Because Give us any info you have about this product. Sure. For that one on the regional bank sector, that's going to be a $50 multiplier, 5-0. And that's the outrights are going to tick in quarters. And the calendar spreads, the roll is also going to tick in quarters on that one. I'm curious why the choice of the regional banks. Did you see a lot uh, of demand coming from customers that actually wanted regional banks? We have. You know, so what's interesting is even going back to my former trader days, uh, when I was on the sell side, we always had client demand and interest in the regional bank industry um, sector. Uh, a lot of it was in swaps. A lot of it was in OTC products. I think we just as as the index and the ETFs, and I think the in this type of macroeconomic environment, regional banks play a different role uh, to the marketplace and serve a different uh, part of the ecosystem. So the there's been continued interest in that to the point now we're like all right, now's the time to launch this one because we've actually heard it from so many customers of of late they wanted this specific sector but it's been a long-standing ask but now has finally gotten critical mass for us to we got to give the crowd what it wants you know yeah i mean that's what you guys are great at doing you guys listen to the customers we've talked about that a bunch of times the next one i really have that same question obviously give us anything uh about this contract which is the e-mini s&p insurance select industry futures but like the regional banks when i saw these two i was going to say to you why these two so really the same question for the insurance you're seeing demand for this one as well yeah, absolutely. So, so first, when we look at insurance, it does have a different multiplier. So it's a $25 contract multiplier. And this one is going to tick in 50 cent increments, both for the outright and calendar spread. Uh, what's interesting about the insurance industry, uh, you know, that select industry sector future is that we've seen more of the information or kind of demand for more transparency into the financial sector. So when people look at the financial select sector future, that XAF future that we have, that's a very popular sector future. And in this type of market economy with different you know, pushes and pulls within that, people want to tease out like, okay, what's exactly going on? And I'm going to look at banks different than insurance companies, regional banks different than the global banks. And I think if people are trying to kind of tease out some of that, what is driving some of that financial uh, sector level performance and can we actually trade some of these subsectors almost against each other because they're not moving in the same direction? So I think there was, I would say that demand is more people want to kind of strip insurance out when they're looking at some of the sector performance because I think it has a more unique characteristic that may trade a little bit differently than some of the other uh, S&P financials. Got it. Yeah. Now this next one we're going to talk about is the E-mini S&P Biotechnology Select Industry Futures. Right away when I saw this one, I'm thinking to myself, there's going to be a lot of day traders trading this one. Give us any info you can about this product. Yep, on the biotech one for S&P, it's a $10 multiplier, and this is going to tick in $1 increments for both the outright and the calendar spread. Uh, and the thing that is important to note is we also have the NASDAQ biotech sector future that's already been out there. That's a, that's a pretty interesting uh, index. So you actually now have an S&P and the NASDAQ biotech, which have different methodologies, different constituents. But I think broadly speaking, the biotech sector is one that is enormously interesting, I think particularly to active traders, when you're looking at as we head into various earnings seasons, there's different, I think, idiosyncratic risks that manifest in the biotech sector as a function of new things coming on market, uh, new technologies, and, and really looking at it and saying, is this interesting? Um, and I think when you look at it, the answer is yes. Like there's so much going on there that clients really want to access that. A lot of them are active in the ETF space for this, particularly in the biotech, because that those are some of the, the heavy hitter ETFs that have been out there for years. 
So I think this one actually can be helpful because you can do an ETF and future strategy that we were just talking about. Market makers can use various liquidity sources to really provide some, some I think, some attractive liquidity in these contracts in the futures market right out of the gate. Uh, so I think biotech is, is going to be an interesting one to watch. Uh, and I think as the as the market continues to evolve, also keep in mind index constituents are going to be important in this one as the indices rebalance, as things get classified in and out of this sector, uh, as weights of the biotech change in the parent index. I think this is going to be a fun one for people to trade, particularly if you're also looking at trading against the parents. No, I totally agree with that. And this next one, I think is also going to be, I think, very popular. I mean, we know how popular crude oil is with traders. It's definitely one of the top markets that many futures traders are trading. And then you have the E-mini S&P oil and gas exploration and product select industry futures. Talk to us about this one. Yeah. So again, this one has a $25 multiplier and it's going to trade in 50 cent increments for both the outrights and the spreads. And I think just people are more interested, you know, it's certainly topical in this market is, are the oil markets, the gas markets. And I think though, when you look at it, you see some of the equity users out there who are kind of been observing it, but maybe are as familiar with physical commodity markets, right? So when you're looking at, they want better liquidity in products that feel more familiar to them, whether that's the ETFs or the sector futures, I think it's interesting that they want to kind of dive down into that sector of the economy, but they want to do it in a way that makes sense and is familiar. And I think this is a great way, especially for all those ETF and equity traders out there who want more exposure or deploy more specific oil and gas strategies. This is a great vehicle for them. And that's kind of the user base who's been demanding this one, or they want to, they want to take advantage of the topical uh, price action in this market. They also may want to hedge some other things they have in their portfolio. So they'll benefit from the precision but also the familiarity that this is an equity index futures contract and can also be traded against the ETFs in the ecosystem. Yeah, I could see a lot of the macro traders I know coming to this product. Next one is the E-mini S&P retail select industry futures. Talk to us about this. Yeah, retail is always, I think, that uh, something that people are interested in. I think especially when you couple that with the inflation backdrop, uh, when you have other macroeconomic factors driving the economy or some of the economic data, when you look at the jobs report, a lot of this tends to manifest in the retail sector. You know, Anthony, what are you and I spending online these days or on, you know, at the, yeah. at the mall, right? If anyone's still going to the mall these days, I think there's always been this kind of affinity for the retail sector as a proxy for how people feel about the economy. So that's really driving this when they think there's some distinct personality to this index when looking at the retail select industry index. There's been some popular trades in the OTC market, even on the institutional side over, over the last few years. I think making this easier for people to trade in the futures market. I'm excited about this one. I think it's also a little bit differently when you're talking about the banks, the insurance, the biotech. I think that's a lot of things that some people are not familiar with, but everyone can wrap their head around retail and how that sector should be behaving based on the other economic conditions. Yeah, and in this market environment, I'll be watching it as a leading indicator, I think. I mean, obviously everyone's talking about CPI, all these other things. How does that impact this sector? I think it's something to watch, definitely. And the last one is the E-mini Philex Semiconductor Sector Index Futures. This, in my opinion, I think this will be one of the most popular ones. We know how busy semiconductor stocks have been over the past couple of years, some of the uh, high flyers out there. And I think that having a futures product around this is awesome. So I'm curious to hear what you have to say about this product. Yeah, absolutely. So the Felix Semiconductor Index is one that we've gotten asked a lot about. It's also people may be more familiar with it with its more colloquial name, which is the index ticker, which is X. Yeah. Uh, so this is something that, that people are all over these days, especially when you marry 
a lot of the supply chain issues, the chip production, semiconductor, you know, this is something that people have been coming to us and like, we want a way to play this space. We want a way to hedge some of our risk. And this is something that it, I would point out is there's a tremendous amount of global interest in the semiconductor space as well. I think this is one that will be particularly interesting to players outside the U.S. as proxies for various parts of the market, because this is something that is really globally, I think folks are, are interested in. Really excited to get this out with our friends at NASDAQ something I know that they've been looking forward to promoting this one. I think the market wants it. I think it's very topical. So, I mean, high hopes for all of them, but I think this is going to be, this is going to be a fun one to watch because it's so different than some of the other sector products we have uh, that, you know, we don't have a, an S&P semiconductor that's part of the other sector futures for This is one is, is kind of brand new in all aspects of flavor that you really haven't been able to express this risk or, or deploy this type of strategy without this contract historically. Yeah, I'm totally with you. You know how I like to give you some of my predictions and what products I think are going to be really popular and busy out of these index futures. I could just think of many of my stock friends that trade this sector that could hop over to futures for this. So, I mean, just in my personal circle, I could see a lot of people trading it. So I think yeah. this one's going to be one of the hottest ones. Today's podcast is brought to you by CME Group. Whatever the obstacles, CME Group provides the tools that global market participants need to manage risk and capture opportunities. With 24-hour access to futures, options, cash, and OTC products across all major asset classes, you can drive your trading strategy forward with confidence and precision. See me group, where risk meets opportunity. All right, Tim, let's talk about how traders have turned to the liquidity of equity index futures with new records in Q2. Yeah, I mean, Q2 was a fantastic quarter for equity products here at CME, uh, and even more so broadly exchange. But when we drill down into some of the equity numbers, they're they're amazing. So we looked at, we had a single volume day record for futures at the exchange and equity index with a little over 13.3 million futures trading back on June 13th. And then when we look at that for micro e-mini, we had our best um, monthly ADV in May with 3.7 million contracts trading in May uh, for all of the micro emails, which you can kind of see in the chart on the screen has been a, a continued success story for growth. And then even what's interesting is micro emini S&P, which has always been popular, they had its best month ever in May with a little over 1.5 million and their best quarter ever with just shy of 1.4 million micro emini S&P contracts. So it's really been a fantastic quarter when we're looking at micros and when we're looking at e-minis. The other thing I'd be remiss not to say is uh, last month in July, it was also the five-year anniversary of the Russell 2000 returning to CME, which is wild to think it's been five years. And they had its best day ever back on June with trading 841,000 contracts in a single day. So Russell 2000, five years old back here at CME and still crushing it and still growing, which is amazing to see. That's hard to believe that was five years ago. Remember when you and I did that interview when they were coming back? to CME. That's, it feels like the other day. Before it seems like yesterday, but it's been five years and it's been, a, it's been a great success story having that come back to CME. What's interesting to me when I see this stat and you talk about how much the volume came in in Q2, everybody's talking about, is there a low end? And, and when I saw this stat coming into this interview today to, to talk with you, I was thinking to myself, you had futures, which Originally, right, futures are intended to hedge risk, right? That's what they are a great tool for. Was all of that risk hedged 
now maybe that the low is made. I'm not saying that it is the low, but when I see something like this, Tim, it just shows me that obviously the futures were used a ton. And this is not just by the retail traders. This is by a lot of traders coming in when you have records like this. So I just think it's something that's pretty interesting. Next thing I want to talk about is the equity option blocks continue to build momentum. This also kinds of feed, feed into my little theme here, Tim. No, for sure. And options, broadly speaking, have also had a great second quarter here at CME with equities doing about 1.2 million options per day. Not necessarily our best quarter. I actually think that was last quarter Q1 of this year. We did a little bit better, but that's up 92% versus Q2 of 2021, which is when you think about it, even though the markets are not necessarily that drastically different in terms of vol when you think about it, but we've almost doubled option volume one year later here in Q2 in 2022. So people are really much more, I think, attuned to the risk management and also using options to better deploy strategies around how can I access and how can I trade this market? So lots of hedging activity, lots of new strategies being deployed in CME E-mini options. So it's all great. And not just an S&P story. We had a record in our NASDAQ options back in May. We're trading almost 130,000 NASDAQ E-mini options. They're trading about 60,000 a day all in for 2022. So NASDAQ options are on fire here at Seam, which is also great to see when you look at the growth rate of that quarter over quarter and year over year. The other thing we've really been focusing on are option blocks. This is something we introduced a few years ago at CME. It's another great liquidity tool for people that have larger size to do and want to do so and benefit from a bilateral negotiation in the block market. And to me, what's really exciting is we're seeing renewed growth month over month in our non-US hours. So this has really become a global product on the block side, they're taking advantage of this. And what we always know is sometimes in new regions or even with new products, helping people get familiar with block trades, it's allowing them to understand options on futures. So I think not only great to see the non-US block hours, block ADB increasing, but I'm also excited to get some of those traders to also trading the screens outside of US hours. So this is really a useful barometer. It's been great to see that people have been turning to options on futures for the S&P 500. And we know we're going to get those folks even more active once they're over the hump and trading options on futures, then it's going to be off to the races as we continue to work with them to get them to use it more in their portfolios. Yeah, Tim, a couple of takeaways from these records. I think that this is such an interesting thing to see as a trader, right? I always look at a lot of the stats and things and I look and I say to myself, what does this indicate? Number one, obviously the growth is there, right? We're seeing so many more people come into the futures markets and which is awesome. Obviously we all want to see that in the futures industry. And it shows that when we're having, look at the options in Q1, the market was using the tools that CME has to hedge. And when you look at this sell-off, you look at the record in futures, you look at the records or just high volumes and options. It explains a lot to me about why this move has been the way it has been. Everybody was thinking about a V bottom, right? The capitulation. But when you look at something like this, it explains to me why we have not gotten it and why we may not get it because people were hedged, right? And you're seeing a lot of that through the stats with the volume. So I think it's just something very interesting to see that you have these volume spikes really in the options before things got really beat up in stocks and futures, obviously in indexes. And then you had the spike in futures in Q2. Something just, you know, I think it's very interesting. And I think it's important for our industry that people are using these products during these times.
Absolutely. And, you know, the products are designed to help with the risk management strategies, to help people Absolutely. mitigate that risk and allow for flexibility in terms of managing your portfolio and how you can express exactly. that view. So it's to me, the combination of futures, whether it's the E-minis or the smaller size micros or using E-mini options at CME or a combination thereof, it's always an immensely powerful tool, I think, to hedge or to access the market. If we are, if we are kind of hitting the bottom, if that's your view, you can also use these all the ways to access the market. But I think that hedging, um, the importance of hedging, I think is also really resonating with people because this type of market feels a little bit different than some of the other markets we've had. We're seeing a lot come out of the market in terms of more of the persistent one-way direction to the downside. Uh, so, you know, I think that's also reminding people that not hedging can have real expense uh, in terms of your trading P&L. Uh, and you can still do that day-to-day -day trading, you do intraday trading, you do all these strategies. You can also hedge around it. You know, you don't necessarily need to be all in uh, all the time. And using our tools to both access the market and hedge it is a powerful combination. And doing it on all the indices at CME, as well as across all the asset classes. I mean, this isn't just an equity story. The ability to hedge all of your risk across all the major asset classes is something that makes trading at CME unique. Yeah, 100%. I mean, oil, look at what it's been like this year. I mean, commodities. Yeah, very important. And we're going to leave on that note, Tim. I just want to remind everybody, if you want to learn more about these products, you can go to cmegroup.com. Uh, also follow CME on Twitter, uh, at CME Group. And Tim, you're great for following up. If anybody ever has any questions, where can they follow you on Twitter? Yeah, you can get me at, at Tim McCourt, CME. Happy to engage with listeners. I always love getting feedback, love getting the questions. So definitely go to cmegroup.com, as Anthony said, or feel free to reach out with, with any questions or comments. Tim, thank you again so much for joining me. I always enjoy our conversations and thank you so much for sharing with us these stats, these new products, and I look forward to our next conversation. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. Thank you for listening to Futures Radio Show. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a five-star review on iTunes. Never miss an episode. Go to anthonycrudelli.com and get on our email list for show notifications and for free content that is exclusively for subscribers. Also on anthonycrudelli.com, you will find tons of videos and education on trading futures, options, and crypto. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Opinions expressed are solely my own and my guests, and they do not express the views or opinions of my sponsors. Futures Radio Show is produced by Crudelli Productions.